here we are now, with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. If you are a regular listener of the Andrew Lake Podcast, please share your favourite episode, as this will help me find my audience. It will help to find the people who are ready to hear what we are talking about here. And today, I like to talk about this little fact that you can be anything. Have you heard this before? I'm sure you've seen it on a big billboard right down in the middle of Main City, whichever city you live in. Or at least words to that effect. (laughs) And I'd like to say that, well, You can be anything. But terms and conditions apply. (laughs) And that basically sums up how I feel about all advertising. (laughs) If you can wrap your head around it. What I most fundamentally wish to explain or wish for us both to understand is motivation. What is the driving force inside you? What is the thing that is to be tapped into, as it were? Now, we hear so much about motivation in the self-help field, in the psychology field, and the personal development field, and whatever, all this stuff. And it's a tricky one to understand. It's a tricky one to reconcile because there are a lot of conflicting things. On the one hand, you have people say extreme ownership. Work really hard. You are fully responsible for everything that you do. And on the other hand, on the more spiritual end, you have the people saying you can only be what you are. You have no hand in the matter. Just let go and let life unfold. Now, these are two different paradigms. They're two different worldviews, and both need to be understood. Now, first of all, the thing to be understood is that, well, we're all different in the amount of resources that we have. We're all different in the class mobility that we have, or immobility. We're all different in the education that we've had. We're all different in the upbringing that we've had. We're also all different in the culture that we're in. There are so many different cultures. There are so many different ways that Humans organize themselves into collectives around the world. And societies are different. And times are different. And trends are different. And we're all born into different bodies. Our bodies have different capabilities. Our minds have different capabilities. 
And this is a tricky one to reconcile. And there's really two components of it, which is, on the one hand, I hope, essentially, you'd feel that, well, we want to have a sense of understanding of each other. We want to have a level playing field. We want to have equal opportunity. And we want to be understanding of those who aren't quite as lucky as some others. And then on the other hand as well, we've got, well, I just want to be motivated. I want to be productive. I want to get more done in my life, in my day. I want to achieve more. So how do I work this out for myself? How do I tap into that source of personal power, as some people call it? Tapping into personal power is all about that achievement. It's all about taking this attitude of, let's do a whole lot of stuff and be productive and work out how it can be that we manage to do it all and we just get so much done. But that catchphrase, personal power, that's, that's just a catchphrase from a paradigm. That's just part of one of the sides of the same coin. Aside from resource and education and class mobility and culture, there is a lot that you can do. There is a lot that you can be. And it's really astonishing how far this goes. And I believe that many of the people who talk about this don't really have any clue as to how deep this goes. Because really, you can be anything in so many ways. And when we're talking about inner explorations, and we're talking about experiencing reality differently, and we're talking about working with your phenomenon of existence, then that is a lot more malleable than just the gross things of, well, what sort of class are you? What sort of career do you have? What sort of finances or success, monetary success do you have? That's all sort of gross stuff. It's crude stuff. And yes, we want to have equality in there. And yes, it's good to work on those things. Don't put that aside. But what I'm here to tell you is that the thing you really want to be working with and the truth of the statement, you can be anything, is found in your inner explorations, your subjective experience of reality. Now, the way you do that is through many things. You work on your imagination. You do state training. You do emotional work. You do contemplation. You do introspection. And so what you can do is you can say, well, you can be anything. Now, what if that was true? What could I be? What would I be if I could be anything? 
Well, the limit there is on your imagination. And your imagination is something you can work with. It's something you can develop. It's something you can explore. Now, would you want to be that person over there? And just imagine what it's like to be that person. Would you want to be God, if you could be? And what do you imagine it would be like to be God? Would you want to be content, if you could be? Would you want to be happy, if you could be? And just imagine what would it be like? What things would you say if you were content and happy? What things would you do if you were happy? What places would you go if you could be happy? And just imagine, what could you be? Yes, what could you be? Just imagine it. And really try to imagine, what would it be like? And for many of these things, well, they're feelings. They're states of being. And the things we get caught up in, the crude things, are the things that we say, oh, I wish I could be successful. Or I wish I could be rich. I wish I, I, wish I could be famous. I wish I could be popular. I wish I could be this, that, and the other other. But in those things, well, you're lacking imagination. Grossly, deeply lacking imagination. Because if you really tried to imagine for a moment what it would be like to have those things, well, you'd see that it's very different. And in fact, the more you imagine, the more you realize that the things you imagined about were not the things that you want. The things you imagined you wanted (laughs) are not the things you really want. You could say, well, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want to be. I'm lost in life. I don't have this big imagination of things that I long for or desire. Well, building your desire is part of your motivation. Building your longing is part of your motivation. And that takes imagination. That's the key. That's the key for both gross and inner exploration gains or discoveries or becomings. So there's a lot in imagination. And there's also state training, which is basically going for the feeling itself. And this means setting up a moment where for a short time you have the same conditions around you as what it is the thing that you want to be. So for example, we say, if you want to be God, we say, okay, well, what are the conditions there? Well, okay, people worship you. You're omnipresent. You have all-seeing power. These sorts of things. And you say, okay, for just a few moments, 
I'm going to enter into those conditions. I'm just going to believe to myself that they are real, that they are here. And I'm going to entertain that. And that, if you do it deeply enough, if you enter into it deeply enough, you, well, you'll change your state. You'll be put into a different state and you will get a sense of how it feels. Now, you can also do this with the real world. It doesn't just have to be a sitting on the cushion contemplating it to enter the state sort of exercise. You can do this with real things like, say you want to be a king. Well, you set things up for how you want to be a king. So we'll we'll get a big throne, we'll have it up on a stage, and we'll have some people sit around you, and we'll have someone feed you grapes, and you can give us a whole bunch of orders, and we'll go and do them. And we'll do that for an hour or so. We'll see how does it feel, and we'll put you in a big robe, we'll put a crown on you. And that's manipulating the exterior world to trigger something in the interior world. And if you have the resources, you can do that. You can set up all sorts of things for yourself. You can do dummy versions of that all over the place. And really, that's <laughs> in that is the relationship. In that one exercise is the relationship between behavior and the inner world. That really is state training 101. And the, the thing, the, 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 the rock bottom of that insight is that you want to do so much state training that you learn that the exterior is not connected to the interior. Which means one day we'll be setting you up as a king, the next day we'll be setting you up as a beggar, and then we'll be setting you up as an office clerk, this, that, and the other. And then we'll set you up with pleasure. And then we'll set you up with all these, all, all different things. And we'll be, we'll be meticulously designing them. We'll be working them out so that you really fall for it. So that when you're the king, you really are the king. When you're the office clerk, we really make you believe it. And the deeper you can believe it, then, well, the more effective it is. But then... Of course, after a certain, well, maybe not of course, eventually the idea is that you've done so many of these roles and you've gone into these different states that you start to see, okay, well, this is just my response to the situation and I'm responding differently in different ways to all these different things, different, 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 change, 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 and through all the differences, you start to see what's the same. You start to see the thing that is being changed. And then you can start to work with your inner world without the external world. And that's how you actually start to learn how to sit on your cushion by yourself with your eyes closed, eyes closed and feel like a king. When you go into the state of, ah, I am the king or whatever archetype. I am the ruler, I am the hero, I am the conqueror, or I am the wise old man, or I am the father, I am the mother. Any sort of state, any sort of way you want to get to it. The trick is how you induce it. 
how you get there. That's the skill you want to learn. And state training, well, that's one thing. And it involves a component of imagination. But not necessarily. And then there's also emotional work. So you've got imagination, state training, and emotional work, which is different again. How different you feel in different situations emotionally as opposed to state training depends on your perceptions. So when you're having an emotion, it is something that is inside by feeling rather than something that is everywhere. And that's a tricky one to distinguish. It's not entirely clear to me. But emotional work is different to state training. Because when we're doing state training, you're working with your archetypes. Think of it it this way. When you're doing your state training, you're working with things like the king or the beggar or the father or the mother. But when you're working with your emotional training, you're working with things like hate or joy or happiness or betrayal or trust, these sorts of things. And you'll go into specific things like humiliation or shame or doubt. And this type of work is much more specific to you because you can say, well, to make someone feel like a king, well, then we can work out, you know, there's certain generally accepted things that will say, well, this will make that person feel like a king. And we can do those and basically anyone will walk in there and start feeling like a king. Anyone can sit in that throne and feel like a king. Whereas with emotional work, well, that's more personal because it's like we're looking at, well, when in the times in your life did you feel angry? What made you feel angry? What made you feel sad or depressed? What made you feel happy? What made you feel trusting or mistrusting? And then you're looking at different scenarios, different relationships, and then you're reworking them. You're going into them to see, okay, well, if I want to work with this emotion, I can recreate the scenario to work with it. And then the same thing happens with your state training as with your emotional work. Because you do enough of these scenarios and you start to see, well, okay, but why did I get that emotion from it? Someone else wouldn't have. And it might have been that you do this work with someone and you see that they say, well, why, why would you feel this way or something like that? That's actually a very big moment in group therapy that you can experience. If you ever do emotional work in a group, that's one of the strengths of it is, well, you share your situations and your stories and you go into the scenarios, but then someone else is there also and they think, or they say something that doesn't fit something that's different. And it might not be that they say, oh, I wouldn't have got angry at that. I would have felt happy about that. It's never that, it's never that obvious. It's never that back and it's not never that much of an opposite, I should say. It's not a perfect opposite. But it will be something. It'll be something that someone says or does, which is like a opening to you and says, oh, it could have been different. 
It was just me. It was just you. And that's what all this comes down to. It it is just you. It is just you being something. And you can be anything. If you reverse engineer the things that are causing you to be what you are. So that's imagination, state training, and emotional work. Now, when it comes to contemplation and introspection, that's a little bit more subtle. That's a little bit more like you're working with the dialogue. You're working with the mind. You're trying to work with how the level of the mind affects the other parts in your being. And you can always ask yourself, why am I thinking that? Why am I saying that to myself? Does it serve me to be thinking about this? Do I want to be the sort of person that thinks this way? And all these sort of questions, they're introspective questions. They're questions you ask yourself to snap out of what you are into something else. And the more you do that, the more of those questions you find, the more you're working with the things inside you, the more you're changing them. And the more mastery over that you have, well, the more you realize you can be anything. (laughs) So what are you thinking right now? That's an introspective question. And you say, okay, now what did you say about what you were thinking? What was the tone of voice of what you said about what you were thinking? Does it seem accurate? Is what you say about what you're thinking to yourself accurate? And how often do you have that accuracy? How often do you really know clearly what you're thinking about? Would you like it to be more often? Would you like to have a better ability of how to have that skill? And what are you thinking now? Are you the sort of person that thinks what you're thinking now very often? Is that who you are? And all this is just an example of introspection. It's just questions within yourself. You ask them to yourself. And that's you starting to unwire the terms and conditions. So there's something else I wanted to add, which is a bit more down to earth, which is this thing on meritocracy. And I love what Alain de Botton 
says about meritocracy. He's a very famous author. You should know about Elaine de Botton. Very, very insightful writer. Wonderful books. Many books. Many wonderful books. But essentially, he says that there's a problem with meritocracy. And this is prevalent in our society today. And the idea of meritocracy is that, well, you get what you deserve. You work on things. You build things. You build your business. You build your career. And you deserve it. Well done, you. It's the success meme. This is the rationalist scientific paradigm that we're right in the middle of right now. And the problem with that is it implies that, well, the people that don't have something, they deserve it too, which is not true. And that's exactly where we started this conversation. We talked about how everyone has limited resources. Everyone has limited class mobility. Everyone has the society and the time and the place and the trends that they're in. Everyone has the body that they're in. And so don't be too quick to undermine someone for something that they're not. So don't take this as you can be anything as, well, you should be anything. This is really, you can be anything as a cute way for you to work out some things within yourself. It's not a perspective. You can be anything is not a paradigm. It's not a web of values. Or at least, if it is a paradigm, it should be held within a chain of many other paradigms. So do not adopt this, you can be anything, as a life perspective to judge others. No, definitely not. And if you've listened this far, then understand that there is something very special about what you're hearing. Because I'm explaining something to you here which not very many people get to have explained to them. And there is a lot of confusion around motivation and meritocracy. There's a lot of confusion around this whole thing of you can be anything. And it's not helped by the advertising. Don't even get me started on the advertising. Because so many people want to sell you this idea that you can be anything. Just buy this product. Just do this thing. If you only had this, you could be anything. You could be that thing that you've always wanted to be. Just pull out your wallet and hand over a fat stack. And I don't mean to get all cynical. I'm not all cynical because there are also many good products out there. There are many people creating amazing things. But what I've endeavored to explain here and to talk about here is a way of navigating all those things, a way of differentiating them, a way of identifying them, a way of knowing how to contend with them in different ways. 
So I hope this is of great use for you. I hope this is something that you can think about and learn how to identify this phrase, you can be anything. Learn how to see it in advertising and learn how the different paradigms treat it differently. Is it one on the one hand they're saying, yes, it's all up to you and you need to work for it? Or on the other hand, are they all being spiritual? Are they being all spiritual and saying, no, you can just let go and let the universe, just trust the universe and it will let you be what you want to be. And the answer is always, it's both. It's both and all, always, constantly, forever, and again, in so many ways and with variations. And mobility and ability. So that's it. I hope you can be anything. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Terms and conditions apply. And that's all I have to say for now.